0: Welcome to the Gregory Diggow podcast. I want to get right back into this teaching. We've been talking for the last several weeks on what it means to be children of freedom, sons and daughters of freedom. I really hope that you've stayed with me this whole time on this topic and that you don't don't leave now. This is getting better and better. And I'm telling you today, you're going to be glad you heard what we're about to talk about. But remember, Romans chapter eight, verse 15. I want to read this to you again, for you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again. So there's a spirit of slavery. There's a spirit of being in bondage to Satan, in bondage to your past, in bondage to your uh, pain, in bondage to the old version of you that leads to fear. When you're in bondage to something, it leads to fear. But we are not in bondage anymore because we've been liberated from the spirit of slavery. We've been liberated from the devil, liberated from sin, liberated from our weaknesses, liberated from the things that have held us back. We've been liberated by Jesus. And he said, but you've received instead of the spirit of slavery that leads to fear, you've received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters, by which you cry out, Abba, Father. Now, instead of Slavery leading to fear. We have been children of God leading to a relationship with God as father. Now we don't have a relationship with God as just creator. We don't have a relationship with God just as God. We don't have a relationship with God just as supreme being. We have a relationship with God as father, father, our father, Abba father. Now, we've talked about what it means to be children of freedom, because I want you to know this is who you are, because you really you walk in victory when you know who you are. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter one, verse eleven it is only in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. It's only in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Whoa, this is so important that you realize what I'm about to tell you and remind you of is who you already are. I'm not saying here's the kind of person you should try to become. I'm saying here's who you really are. Here's who God made you. Now in Christ Jesus, this is how children of freedom live because this is who we are. Children of freedom, you'll remember uh, we live fearlessly, right? We ask boldly. We receive freely. We walk joyfully. We um, believe and behave confidently. We get up quickly. Woo! I love that one, don't you? We get up quickly. When a righteous man falls, he gets up. You have the power to get up every time falls. might. Bible says he might fall seven times, but he gets up every time you can get up every time because you are the righteousness of God. And we said that children of freedom choose wisely because we have the mind of Christ. We also really zeroed in Um, last Sunday on Children of Freedom Speak prophetically. And I wasn't able to get into all of that that I wanted to in this service. But I want to right now take you back to Ezekiel chapter thirty seven quickly in verse two through seven. I want you to see that God caused Ezekiel Ezekiel says God caused me to pass among these dry this valley of dry bones. And there were very many of them and they were very dry. And then God spoke to Ezekiel and said, son of man. Now we're talking about being sons and daughters of God. Right. Ezekiel was just a son of man. We're sons of God. He was a prophet of God, but he was a son of man. We're sons and daughters of God. We're not just born of of our father and mother We're born again. Of God, and we're now his, his children. We're his sons and daughters. But see, he even said to Ezekiel, who's just a son of man, now this makes, should show you if he's got this much power, you have even more power. He said, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered the Lord, look at what he says. He said, Oh Lord God, you know. In other words, God's asking Ezekiel, Can these bones live? These dry bones, can they live? And Ezekiel, all of a sudden becomes really religious and puts it back on God. Oh, Lord God. I don't know. Only, you know. But then listen to what God said. Isn't that how we talk to God sometimes? God asks us something and we're like, oh, only God knows. Does God want my life to get better? I only God knows is my life going to get healed. Only God knows is. Am I going to make it through this? Only God knows. No, you are going to make it through it because you have the power to speak prophetically. And all that means when we talk about prophesying, it means speaking forth the word of God, speaking forth the promises of God. And those words begin to form and change your world. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse three, that God formed the world. He framed the world with his words. It says, by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed the New King James Bible, it says they were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Understand this, he says, by faith, we understand the worlds were framed. It's a construction word. When he uses the word framed here, it's a it's a it means constructing a building. It's the same word that's used in constructing something. And he's saying the worlds were constructed by the word of God so that what we see, the things which we see, we're not made of things which are visible or seen. The things which we now see were made out of words that God spoke. God constructed the world with words. I'm telling you right now, you have the power to construct a world of joy with your words, to construct a world of faith with your words, to construct a world of hope with your words, to construct a world of healing, to construct a world of family with your words, to construct a world of abundance with your words. God's how God did it. And he gave us the power to prophesy. Right. Remember in Acts chapter two, verse 17, I want to read that again and then we'll come back to Ezekiel and then move on. But in Acts chapter two, verse 17, it says it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit, on all flesh. And then he says everybody's going to get a taste of the spirit. Everybody's going to have the spirit of God touch them. But the sons and daughters are going to prophesy. You're not just flesh. You are son or daughter of God and therefore you shall prophesy. And what does that mean? You shall frame your world with your words. You can frame your world with your words, just like God framed his world with his words. And we are made in his image. And as he is, so are we in this world. You realize how much power you have? If you look back to Ezekiel, God gives us so much power. He's asking us in verse three of Ezekiel 37. Can these bones live? He's asking us. Can these bones live? He's asking us, can your body recover? He's asking us, can you get to that place of breakthrough and blessing and abundance? It's up to us. God gave us the power. God gave us the victory. God gave us the promises, but we speak them and the universe listens to our words. If you say, man, bad things happen to me all the time, the universe is going to listen to that and bad stuff's going to start beating your backside and you don't need to be kicked in the butt by negativity. So kick it in the butt with your words. That's the kind of power you have. I know that Christians aren't usually taught this because people think, oh, that doesn't work. It works. You just don't see it working. Words are invisible, but they create visible things. You just you don't believe that just go on a date and start saying negative things about the girl that you're with or the guy that you're with. And you'll see how quick your words work and cause that person to flee or run from you as far as they can. If it's negative versus positive, you understand my point. My point is, is our words do carry power. They do create atmosphere. They do create feeling. They do create emotion. They do create things because God made us as spiritual beings to construct our world with spiritual things, which are words. And so God says to Ezekiel, can these bones live only, you know, Lord, it's and God's like, no, you know, you do something about it. Oh, God, you got to do something about this. And God's saying you do something about God, you got to say tell tell these bones to live. And God say, no, you tell these bones to live. Right. He said to him, prophesy over these and say, behold, here, as you say, as you prophesy over these things, say to them, "O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This may seem crazy to some people, but that's exactly what Ezekiel did. And that's exactly what happened. Say to these dry bones prophesy to them, "O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord your God to these bones. We're not making stuff up when we speak the promises of God. God already promised it. So when you speak it, you're not Name it and claim it, you're not trying to make stuff up. You're taking the promises of God and giving voice to those promises, and then the universe begins to respond to the voice of those promises. And angels begin to respond to the voice of those promises. We see in Psalm uh, 107, 103, verse 20 that the Bible says, The angel of the Lord hearkens and listens to the voice of his word, the voice of God's word, not just the voice of God, but the the angels obey the voice of his word. So when they hear the word of God coming out of your mouth, angels go to work on your behalf. Back to Ezekiel, he says, say to those bones, prophesy to them. And he said, I'll take it from there. Thus says the Lord God to these bones. And then he says exactly what he tells him to say. He says it. Say what God says. Behold, I will cause breath to enter you that you may come to life. I will put flesh on you. It'll grow back on you and cover you with skin and put breath in you that you may come alive and you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied just as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise and behold, a rattling and the bones came together, bone to its bone. Right. Verse eight. He goes on to say, look at what happens. And I looked and behold, the flesh grew and the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then God said "Prophesy to the breath. Whatever is not there, prophesy it to be there, prophesy it Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, come forth, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they come to life. So I prophesied just as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they came to life and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. You see, when you begin to speak the promises of God, those promises begin to rise up and become an army fighting on your behalf. Those promises begin to stand on their feet. Those promises begin to walk towards your problems. Those promises begin to do their work as a mighty exceedingly great army to defeat whatever's in front of you that you're speaking to. Whatever that mountain is, whatever that sickness is. Woo! Children of freedom. This is how we live. We speak prophetically because we know the promises of God. We speak prophetically because we know that God has made us sons and daughters and we have this power. Boy, if you get a hold of this, you can't be stopped in your life. Think about this. God didn't say step aside, let me let me prophesy to those bones. He said you prophesy. He told them what to say. But Ezekiel did the talking. God's told us what to say. All the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ. Right. Wow. If you want to go forward in life. Talk about. Talk to your situation and say to it what God says, hey, body by his stripes, you're healed. Hey, finances. My God shall supply all my needs. So you, you grow. I command you to grow. I command you to increase. You start talking like that. I command the atmosphere to begin to open doors for me that no man can close. Because God said favor surrounds me like a shield, you can talk like that. You start talking like that. Miracles are going to start happening. You have that power. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. Children of freedom speak prophetically because they know what God promised and children of freedom. I want to talk to you about this for a moment. Children of freedom rest victoriously because they know they are seated with Christ. Children of freedom speak prophetically and children of freedom rest victoriously because they know they are seated with Christ. In Ephesians, chapter two, verse six, he tells us this, that in Christ Jesus, back in verse five, he said we're saved by his grace. We were dead in our transgressions, but God made us alive. Jesus made us alive together with Christ. The father made us alive together with Christ. For by grace you have been saved. And what did he do? After making us alive together, he raised us up together. So we died with Christ on the cross. We came alive when Jesus Christ rose, we came alive with him and then he raised us up with him. He resurrected us with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. What are the heavenly places? It's the places the environment where authority is operated in. The heavenly places are where demons operate. The heavenly places are where angels operate. It's not heaven. He's talking about the heavenly places between Earth and heaven. The heavenly places are where spiritual warfare takes place as we speak God's word, as we operate in our abundance of grace and gift of righteousness. We reign in those heavenly places. We reign over demons of fear, anxiety, worry, sickness, disease. We have been seated with Christ. Therefore, we um, rest victoriously. We rest speaks of being seated, seated speaks of rest. We're seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We're not seated in a place where we're watching to see if we get the victory. One day we're seated in the seat of victory, right with Jesus. That's what you have the right to, because you are a son or daughter of God. If anyone believes in Jesus, they become children of God. He's he said that in John, Chapter one. Remember, in verse 12, to as many as received him. To them, he gave the right to become children children of God, even to those who believe on his name. Wow, what a promise. As many as received him, he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name simply by believing in his name. You're a child of God and you have the right to speak prophetically. You have the right to rest victoriously. Boy, I really want you to get a hold of what it means to rest victoriously. The Bible says, because we're seated with Christ in heavenly places, we already have the victory. We're not trying to get the victory. We already have it. We are. We're not trying to get the victory over fear, the victory over anxiety, the victory over sickness, the victory over. We already have the victory. And all we have to do is believe, believe it, believe it by faith. The Bible says in First John five four, this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. This is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. What is our faith in? Our faith is in the presence of God. Psalm twenty three, verse four says, we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We fear no evil for you are with me. My faith is in God's presence. He's with me. My faith is in God's promise. He says yes to it. In Second Corinthians one twenty. My faith is in his presence. He's with me. My faith is in his promise. He said yes to all of his promises and my faith is in his power. The Bible says we have this treasure, this power in earthen vessels, the power of the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. You have power, the power of God living inside of you in this earthen vessel the power of life, the power to speak, the power, to create the power to pray, the power to have peace, the power to have joy, the power to agree, the power to trust God, the power to overcome, the power to get back up, the power to walk fearlessly, the power to pray victoriously, the power to walk joyfully, the power to receive freely, the power to believe confidently, the power to go to God on any at any time on your behalf to receive his mercy and grace in your time of need. That's the kind of power that you have. Oh, when you're a child of God, you are powerful when you know you're a child of God and you know what power you have. You're unstoppable. Jesus said, behold, I give you authority in Luke chapter 10, verse 19, to trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, over all the power of the enemy. He's given you and me authority over all the power of the enemy. How much power does that leave for the enemy? None. How much of that? How much power does that leave for you and me? All. How much does that leave for the devil? None. How much does that leave for us all and nothing will injure you? You start talking like this. You start walking like this. You start thinking like this and demons will walk backwards. Sickness will walk backwards. Doors will open that no man can close. This is the power that you have in Christ Jesus. You have been established as a royalty with God. You are royalty. You are his sons and daughters. He is the king of kings. We're the kings that he's the king of. He is the father of all creation. And we're we've been given stewardship of his authority in this earth. We haven't prayed like we have authority, but we, we need to start praying like we have authority. People haven't spoken like they have authority, but we need to start speaking like we have authority. People haven't leaped and jumped and skipped and danced because they have authority. But we need to leap and skip and jump and dance because we've been given authority in this life. And we need to walk like it and talk like it. We don't have our authority isn't over somebody else. Our authority is over all the power of the enemy in Christ Jesus because of the name of Jesus, because of the blood of Jesus and because we know how to use the word of God sharper than any two edged sword. We know how to speak life and speak the promises of God. Well, that's what our faith is in. Our faith is in the presence of God. Our faith is in the promise of God. Our faith is in the power of God. Children of freedom live rest victoriously. We live victoriously. We rest victoriously. It's not a struggle to try to. We're not struggling to try to get God to keep his promises. We're trusting him that he made the promise and he is going to keep the promise. Well, that's what children of freedom do. Children of freedom. Speak prophetically. Children of freedom rest victoriously. Look at what it says. I I never want to I never want us to forget this powerful verse in Revelation, Chapter one, verse five. And it says that he loved us. Verse five and six, Jesus, the firstborn from the dead in the New King James in the New King James Bible says he loved us to him that loved us. And then he washed us from our sins in his own blood. And then he has made us kings and priests to his God and father to him, be the glory and dominion forever and ever. I want you to think about this. This is a scripture that I live by every day of my life. I want you to live by this every day of your life and never forget this. Make this your the foundation upon which you build your everyday life. He loved us. Look at what it says in verse five to him that loved us. Number one, he loved us. Number two, he washed us from all of our sins in his own blood. And number three, he made us number one. He loved us. It's what he feels for us. Number two, he washed us is what he does for us. And number three, he made us. It's what he makes of us. He made us kings and priests. He loved us first. And then he washed us and then he made us kings and priests. We're kings. Romans chapter five or 17 says, through the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, we reign, we reign, We reign. The Amplified Bible says we reign as kings in life. Because that's what is actually translated. We reign as kings in life, not kings over one another, kings over fear, kings over worry, kings over disease, kings over answered prayer. Wow, you When you learn how to reign as a king, kings serve others, kings. Bless others, kings and priests, right? Kings have authority. Priests release blessing. So we're called in this life to exercise our authority over the enemy our authority over the devil, our authority over fear, our authority over anxiety or whatever it is, sickness, disease, poverty, lack as kings, we We exercise our authority over those things. And as priests, we bless others with our words. We bless others with gifts. We bless others. We're blessed to be a blessing. And a priest gives a blessing. Priest releases blessing. Kings release authority. They exercise authority. Priests exercise blessing and release blessing. So you understand that you are both of those things in Christ. You are a king to exercise authority over insecurities and inadequacies and inferiorities that you feel that the devil tries to make you feel that spirit of rejection. You have authority over that exercise your authority with your words and you have authority to bless people. Whatever blessing you whatever good things you speak over people, you're releasing blessing in their lives. Speak over your family blessing. Speak over your body blessing. Speak over your finances. Blessing. Speak over your enemies. Blessing. Speak over people that are against you. Speak blessing over them because we don't operate at the level of lowering ourselves to fight what they're saying and fight what they're doing to us or what they're trying to do to us or say about us. We operate from a seated position in Christ Jesus. We're not operating down below heavenly places where we're fighting and toiling with all the with all the negativity in life. We're seated with Christ in heavenly places and we live from that place. We live from a place of authority. So today, what have we talked about? Children of freedom speak prophetically. Children of freedom rest victoriously. And finally, I want to share with you today. Children of freedom. They give generously children of freedom. They give generously. You know, I love what it says in Proverbs 11, Chapter 11, verse twenty four in the message Bible. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. You know, God has a larger world, a larger impact for you to make. You can't make a larger impact without generosity. Generosity is what empowers you to make a bigger impact. Generosity, not stinginess, not taking, not trying to get. But no, knowing that you are blessed to be a blessing, knowing that generosity is the spirit upon which God operates. It's the spirit in which God operates. God so loved the world that he gave. Love creates generosity. And we are so loved by God. He's been so generous to us. And we simply now live that way. We be the Bible says in Ephesians 5, verse 1, be imitators of God. And what is God? The first characteristic of God above anything else is his generosity. His generosity. God so loved the world that he gave. I love this verse in uh, the message Bible, though. It says, the world of the generous gets larger and larger, the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. And then he says in verse 25, the one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. What a beautiful picture of what children, how children of God live. Children of freedom live. This is how we live. We speak prophetically. We. Rest and live victoriously. And we give generously sometimes so often. Preachers have tried to get rather than empowering people to give and teaching people how God has made you. You're generous. You're made that way because you're made in the image of God. But we need to not be afraid of generosity. We're not trying to get more people to be generous so we can pay more bills or take care of ourselves. I believe giving and generosity is how we get the gospel out. It's how we care for the suffering. It's how we care for the hurting. It's how we care for the broken. It's how we care for and get the message out to the world and get practical love and practical food and help to the world that is suffering as well. We are living in a world that is full of suffering. We we don't know what suffering is like. We know suffering in some degree in each of our lives, but we have nothing. We have no idea how the world that is truly suffering without freedom how they're existing and how they are oppressed by their governments and they're oppressed by evil enemies that don't believe in releasing people into freedom, but they believe in keeping people in bondage and captive so that they can be bet they can be better off by by oppressing others. And that's not God's way. God's way is blessing others and releasing others and empowering others, not oppressing and taking their power away. It's giving power back into the people's hands. That's how God is. That's how we need to be as children of God, children of freedom. That's who we are. Amen. I love this verse in Proverbs 19 verse 17. Whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord and the Lord will repay him for his deed. And one other verse I want to share with you as we close. And I want to ask you to be a part of being generous in this in this moment. And I'll tell you what it is for. In Deuteronomy, fifteen, seven, verse eight. If there is a poor man among your brothers, notice we're family. If there's a poor man among your brothers within any of the gates in the land that the Lord your God is giving you, then you are not to harden your heart or shut your hand from your poor brother. Instead, he says in verse eight, open your hand wide to him and willingly lend him sufficient for his need, whatever he needs. It's not talking about being a banker where you lend. It's talking about lending in giving generously and lending support by generous giving. It's not about getting it paid back to you. It's about God. God will be the one that gives it back to you. Right. When you help the poor. Well, in closing, I want to pray for all those who would would like to receive Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord pray for you in a moment. I'll pray for any other needs that you have. But before we do that, I want to remind you that we have a church and some of you know this already that many of you know that we have a life changers church in one of the poorest nations in the world, Haiti. And as you may have followed on the news, Haiti was hit hard by um, an earthquake about a week and a half ago, as well as tropical uh, tropical storms that have come through and are coming through as well. And um, the disaster of the earthquake was a seven point two on the Richter scale. Hundreds of people have been have been killed and more that haven't been found. And I'm very sad about that. But we have boots on the ground there. And that's the thing that I want you to be a part of. We have boots on the ground and we want to help our brothers and sisters that are there. We have missionaries that have been that we've been supporting almost 10 years. And we have a life changers church there right in the middle of Haiti. And we are honored. We've been honored to go there at least five times and have mission trips with several members of our church. And now I want to ask you to help reach out to them through giving. And I want to ask you to be a part of. We've already sent them money for food. We've already sent them money for relief and we want to send them more. And it's you say, when is when is when have we sent enough until the needs are met? When are we given enough until the needs are met? We want every need met. We want everybody reached. And particularly in the areas where we have people and we have influence and we have boots on the ground that can actually do things. We can actually feed people and bring them to church. We can actually bring them to church and feed them there. We can go into the villages and feed them there. We have boots, we have trucks, we have equipment, we have people. And that's the power of partnership. And so I want you to partner with me and partner in this moment. And would everybody just take a moment since giving is done electronically these days, mostly So many of us do it through our phones or computer, through an app. Would I just want to ask everybody connected, wherever you're connected from, would you make a a gift of some amount? It could be as, as small as you have the ability to pay to give or as big as you have the ability to give. I just want to ask everybody to do something. Would you take a moment and do something? You see the text to give on your screen. You see the online portal on the screen. You can see the links to be able to give just everybody do something to help the poor today through your church family. And we're doing this together for our brothers and sisters and for those that have not have not met Jesus yet. And I want to ask everybody to do something. And I want to thank you in advance for each of us being a part of making an impact and feeding hundreds of people that are just put in a situation that they had no control over. Let's be a blessing where we have control where we have the ability to actually do something. We have the power to do something. Let's do it. Amen. Lord, use us to reach this precious country, the precious people of Haiti. Use us. Multiply every gift that's being given. Multiply every seed that's being sown. Multiply it in harvests of souls and harvests of generosity multiply it back, Lord, to each person giving in harvests of reaping as well. In Jesus name. Amen. Now, if you're watching, thank you so much and thank everybody. Do something if you can do it now. Thank you in advance. And for everybody who's needs this Jesus that we're talking about, this Jesus that loves us, this Jesus that washed us in his own blood, if you'd like to receive him as your savior and Lord, pray this with me out loud. Just pray this right where you're at. Heavenly Father, Just pray this. You'd like to be sure you go into heaven. Pray this. Heavenly Father, I invite Jesus Christ into my life as my Savior and Lord. I believe Just say that out loud. I believe Jesus died for my sins and rose from the dead. From this moment forward, I'm a child of God. I believe in his name and therefore I have the right as a child of God, I have the rights of a child of freedom in Jesus name. Amen. Hey everyone, we hope you enjoyed that powerful message. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast for more amazing messages like what you just heard. You can also search for Gregory Dickout on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter for tons of great content throughout the week.